This is To The Point. A Rhino Experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. To the point, listeners, don't hang up. Listen, I know what you're thinking. That's not the voice you were expecting. You were expecting the high energy Chris Yano, get you fired up, grip the steering wheel voice, and you didn't. You got tall Paul. But hang with me here. We're going to do something a little different today, but kind of the same. Chris is actually out of the country. He's in Peru for two weeks, I think. And he's actually letting me run a podcast. Now, he tested the waters with this a few months ago. He let me um, kind of share some things with you guys and bring on some re-recordings, I guess, to test the water. Um, but today we've got a live guest in the studio with just me, but not just me. I've got a safety net. So he brought on someone that uh, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you may be familiar with our co-host today. It's not Travis Ringy. Sorry, Travis. He's probably out on his boat somewhere or out hanging out with Ishmael. But Chad Peterman, episode 48 from Peterman Brothers in Indianapolis, among other cities. So Chad, welcome as the co-host. Welcome to my chair. Yeah, thanks, Paul. I uh, I definitely think that I can probably bring your level of energy. Uh, we're we're a lot alike in uh, in a lot of ways, so I think we should be should be good there. You've got your work cut out for you, uh, bringing the energy like uh, like Chris does. Man, I'm trying. And you know, you mentioned we're a lot alike. I noticed earlier this week you posted an Oprah quote on LinkedIn, and I was like, man that's my soul brother. Like you're the only other person I know in the industry who quotes Oprah like I do. So thank you for, uh, thank you for being that kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of flack for that around the, uh, around the office. Cause that goes out to, to everybody, um, in the company on Mondays and, uh, people were like, what kind of week is it going to be? If you're, uh, you're already quoting Oprah, it's, uh, you know, 5am on a Monday. I said, well, you know, I found it. I thought it was good. And I'm a, I'm a believer in Oprah. And actually she has informed some of the ways I ask questions. She's really good about digging deeper. There's some other people that have informed the way I, I interview, but she's actually one of them. And actually, if Chris would ever ask me personally, like, Hey, Paul, who would you have dinner with? Um, you know, aside from my father and, you know, maybe Jesus, it'd be Oprah. Oprah knows everybody, right? You could be like, Hey, Oprah, tell me about Mick Jagger. And she'd tell you all about Mick Jagger. So I'm a believer, man, that Chris is already going to cut me off. I, I, I hope this makes it to air. I hope that's not edited out. So, so to the point listeners, if you've made it this far, I think you're sticking with us. If you're like me and you tune into a podcast or a sermon and the main guy's not there, you usually bounce, but this is going to be a good one. We're going to talk about a lot of things with our guest today. And, and by the way, Chad's not the guest, he's the co-host. So um, I want to get right into it because I know that I'm long-winded. Um, we're going to talk about the relationship between a player and a coach and, and talk about a lot of different interesting things um, with our guest today. But I thought I would give Chad the opportunity to kind of introduce our guest today as he is, um, he's had a relationship with him a long time. So Chad, uh, all yours, man. Absolutely appreciate it, Paul. I know uh, for you listeners out there, every uh, every Tuesday morning when I wake up, uh, I, I I get into my podcast and see who the uh, who the guest is going to be. Um, I can promise you uh, this morning, uh, whether you're working out or making breakfast or getting ready or whatever it is that you do while you listen, uh, you'll definitely want to listen to this one. So today we have on the podcast um, a, a friend of mine who is uh, very near and dear. Um, I met him back in 2015 when we first joined Nextstar. 
we were a company, I was actually telling somebody this today, uh, that uh, we, we didn't have a whole lot of, uh, uh, we had some stuff going, it just may have not been going like we needed it to go. And uh, this guy uh, helped us for five, almost six years, um, really fine tune our business and get us uh, heading in the right direction. Uh, formerly uh, a Nexstar business coach, now the COO of Redwood Services. We would definitely like to extend a warm welcome to our guest today, John Conway. Welcome to the podcast, John. Hey, Chad. It's, uh, it's good to be here, my friend, and thank you so much for the kind words. Uh, ex exciting to be here with you guys today. Yeah, thank you for jo joining us. Um, hey, quick question. I know Chris always opens with icebreakers and I'm not great about that, but I got a question since you're from Memphis. Best barbecue in Memphis. Should we ever visit? Where's the best place to get barbecue? If you're going to get barbecue in Memphis, uh, my go-to when it's time to go eat barbecue, maybe not where it's time to go wine and dine people, but when it's time to go eat barbecue, I go to Central Barbecue in Memphis. And that is where I go as well. That was recommended by a friend of mine from Memphis years ago. And I got the meat and cheese plate and it's unbelievable. And it's literally Absolutely. just meat and cheese, but now thank you for sharing that. So um, what I'd like to do is before we, you know, jump into the questions, Chad, I kind of glossed over this earlier. I, I wanted to talk about it. Um, you've recently went through a really big rebrand with your company, right? And it sounds to me like you might be getting some heat that it wasn't rebranded Peterman and Sons, but instead it's Peterman Brothers. So tell me what that process was like really quickly. And then we'll, we'll get into the conversation with John. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have had, we had our original logo. Um, it was just Peterman Heating Cooling. Then we added plumbing. And then uh, we recently just added electrical. Um, and we were like, well, there's only so much room under the name uh, and it's going to get a little bit wordy. Uh, and so uh, we worked with uh, with Kick Charge and Dan um, and team out there uh, who did a, just an awesome job uh, with everything. Uh, I can't remember who had the idea, whether it was our marketing manager uh, or not, but uh, the, the idea was brought up to put us on the side of the van. Um, and we could probably get into this because uh, I believe that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, John's uh, former company has him on the side of the van as well. Uh, so we exchanged some text messages uh, after it was done. But um, yeah, went through it, um, really looking for that edge. So you want to present something that... Um, no one else in the in the area or your service area has. And one of the things that we've always hung our hat on is my brother and I have always been in the radio, uh, which actually was prompted by John, uh, the radio, the TV, all of the stuff has our picture on it. And really to tie it all together uh, with as many trucks as we have going around on the roads, um, it was just a natural um, kind of progression into that. My dad's caught a little flack that he's been cast to the wolves or fired or something like that from his friends, but it's all in good fun. So, well, I think the biggest problem that you're going to have with that rebrand is ahead of you. And this is what Dan Antonelli doesn't tell you because he doesn't think like I do, but the biggest problem is you pretty much have to stay in shape and lifting weights the rest of your life, or everyone's going to be like, you look nothing like you do on the van. Yeah. That, that may be a good thing though. A little <laughs> bit of uh, a little bit of peer pressure, right? Exactly. So, all right. Well, um, I think it looks great. Of course, another Antonelli, um, and uh, Antonelli wrap, um, design just, you know, coming to life looks great. And I think you've got 200 vans to, to wrap over the next coming weeks. So I wish you the very best on that. And congratulations. It looks great. Yeah. Thanks. 
So um, we're going to jump into this. Um, when we had Chad on, again, if you've not heard Chad's episode, it was episode 48. And I believe the title is uh, Solving the Labor labor Shortage with Labor Velocity, I believe, which is a, a term that he should patent uh, or trademark for sure. Um, but in Chad's interview, he had kind of a before and after story. And we're, sim- we're, we're familiar with this um, type of storytelling from contractors because it's usually like before this moment and then after this moment, things were better. And in his case, it was before I joined Nexstar and then after. Well, we know signing up for Nexstar or whatever you sign up for doesn't in and of itself make your business better because there is a massive shortage of execution and implementation. So if you ask a little further, it's usually the people behind the scenes, right? The people at Nexstar or at whatever, you know, insert agency name there. Um, it's those people that make things happen. And it sounds to me like John Conway, your coach at the time is the one who helped you. So let's, um, John, if you would um, tell us your story, how did you get into the trades? And then we'll talk through the relationship with Peterman and, and tell some other interesting things along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, I got into the trades back in 1994. I went to work with my dad. He had uh, one truck and two employees. And uh, that was kind of where we started our um, the office of, of Conway Services at the time was my dad's sunroom um, off of his, the side of his home. And, uh, and when I went to work with my dad that year, he had had uh, uh, that previous year of 1993, he'd done about 250000 in revenue. And I was, I was young in my early 20s, and I had came out of um, automotive industry where, where I had worked at, you know, uh, had worked at AutoZone and I had also worked at some other automotive um, parts stores and did some some light managing as much managing as they'll let young 20 year olds do. And um, and and basically I had uh, didn't have a big understanding for small business, meaning everything that I had been around had been big business. So I didn't really uh you know, have a, a grasp on keeping the business small. The only thing I knew how to do was grow business. And um, so in 1996, two years later, we were doing 1.6 million. Um, and then in 1998, the business was about two and a half million is, is when I bought my dad out of the Conway business um, and then uh, continued to grow the, grow the business from, you know, from there. What were some of those early things you were doing to really 10 exit in just a couple of years? Yeah, a lot of it, um, Paul, just had to do with um, just contact making, you know, we were back then we were um, uh, doing a lot of new construction work. Um, we were, we were, um, didn't, didn't know what we didn't know. Weren't next to our members was kind of um, really digging a hole in debt, um, not, not making a lot of money and, and, um, and quite frankly, losing money and, um, and found myself in uh, all the way. I bought my dad out in 1998, and I found myself in 2004, um, 942,000 in the hole. The carrier. Um, I, I try to tell people, hey, I tried to get carrier to sell me 60 more thousand so I could say I owed him a million, but for some reason they thought 942 was enough. <laughs> um, oddly enough, in my oddly enough in my move these last few weeks, I actually ran across and cleaning out my office, Chad, my promissory note. Um, to carrier for the 942. Um, but in Feb- in, uh, in May of 2004, um, I joined Nexstar and uh, just said, hey, I don't have this thing figured out. And when I joined uh, Nexstar, I quickly f- um, started to learn from my business coach, Jim Hamilton, 
you know, the things that we weren't doing right and, you know, wasn't priced right and, and, you know, didn't have a real understanding for billable hours and efficiency. And I mean, just like, just quite frankly, didn't know what I didn't know. And um, five years later, February of 09, I retired the carrier debt, debt free, didn't know anybody a dime. And um, so that was, um, you know, that was a, a really great time. Um, and, and, um, you know, very monumental for us. And, you know, through the years, even some other Nexstar members said, you know, hey, you might have been better off just to, you know, might have been just better off to file bankruptcy. And, and quite frankly, um, uh, I, I used to say it this way, as long as Carrier was willing, I was willing. And, um, you know, going back on my word, uh, it's just not in my DNA and I uh, wasn't raised that way. And um, so, Carrier figured out pretty quick after those first couple of years at Nexstar that we had figured it out and the business had really turned around. We were giving them regular financial updates. And, and, uh, and, and again, like I say, um, the team, it wasn't just me, but the team, you know, at, at Conway Services retired that carrier debt. And, and uh, it was, it was a, a fun time, um, certainly at that time. And, and it made, quite frankly, when I had the opportunity to work at Nexstar, I used to always say that for me, it was never an opportunity to work for Nexstar. It was always an honor to work for Nexstar. Um, and so there's big there's a big difference in the motivation and the drive when you feel honored to be somewhere versus when you feel like it's a job or an opportunity. Yeah, re really good point. Chad, I was going to have you go on with the next question, but I wanted to ask a clarifying question because many of our listeners may have found themselves in the hole with a supplier or distributor. Um, I know I've seen it my entire career and I've, I've seen many people, and I'll use air quotes here, work it out but it always doesn't work out, right? It can be, I can have a devastating outcome. One, how long did it take you to pay off the debt? And two, how were you able to do it? Like what arrangement? And if you're listening to this right now and you're in a truck and you're, you know, you owe a supplier, distributor, manufacturer, you know, six figures, how, how do they get through that? Yeah. So a couple of things. Um, uh, one of the things that uh, in that promissory note, I was able to set up a, a note and then I was able to basically work with my business coach at Nexstar. I actually had the note set up before I joined Nexstar. And then as I joined, you know, when I set up that note with a vendor, it was a monthly note is almost like a, a note that you were, would pay, you know, pay a car truck payment with or whatever. And, um, you know, we put that, quite frankly, for those that are next to our members, we, we put that note in our profit pricer. So we made it part of our price. And so we went out and, you know, we went out and executed on what price we had to charge. And, you know, Paul, there's so many guys that are riding around in the truck today. They're scared to death of the price. You know, they're scared to charge the right price. They, you know, they, they think, oh, my goodness, there's no way I could charge $300 an hour flat rate, you know. And, and one of the things I learned, at, you know, when, when I joined in 04, we were 185 an hour flat rate in 2004. And then and I joined Nexstar, did our profit pricer. And then um, in the very next month, I think it was June of 04, we went from 185 an hour to 325 an hour overnight. Now, some of you guys that are listening to this podcast today, uh, you're thinking, oh my goodness, you know, 325 an hour flat rate, there's no way I could do that. Remember, this was 2004. <laughs> this was a long time ago that we were, that we were that price. Um, and so, um, the price that you need to charge, um, for your service company is the price that it costs for your service company to produce a profit. Um, there is no such thing as going rate. Um, it's the biggest myth in our industry. Chad's probably heard me say before going rate equals going broke. Um, no, no, you know, there are going to be, there are going to be people, uh, in the industry that are going to, 
um, you know, that may even be in Chad's market or, or in the Memphis market or in, in different markets that will try to determine that there's some rate that you can charge. But if that rate doesn't equal the prop, you know, the, the cost to run your business and the profitability that you need, then the rate is, you know, the rate's not going to be right. You're going to be going out of business. And so number one problem for the Conway business back prior to 2004 and prior to joining Nexstar was we wasn't charging the right price. Yeah, you kind of, uh, it's like uh, like being back at a, at a coaching session here. Uh, we've got the uh, John Conway-isms. Uh, so uh, those, John hasn't been our coach for uh, probably six months, a year, something like that. And there are still uh, a ton of times when, uh, well, John Conway would say, uh, around the office. So uh, appreciate you sharing that. One of the things, obviously, price is a huge, a huge, um, you know, hurdle for some, uh, and there's a, a multitude of different problems that people face as they try to either dig out of a hole or just get past one of those hurdles, whether it be five million, ten million, twenty million, whatever it is. What uh, what did you see in uh, some of the people you coached, which you can tell us the number. I know it's absurdly high. Uh, I thought it was over 100 at one time that you were coaching. Um, what what were some of the qualities in those kind of owners, GM, service managers that you saw uh, that led to uh, led to a lot of um, success in those in those businesses you were coaching? Yeah, Chad, that's a good question, because and you guys alluded to it. Paul alluded to it a little bit earlier. Um, you know, Jim, I remember Jim Hamilton telling me this, and, and I gave Jim a lot of credit for the turnaround in my business, but I remember Jim telling me, hey, John, I, I really didn't tell you anything different than I told anybody else. Just some people execute and some don't, you know, and and quite frankly, there would be guys like yourself, Chad, when, when we would hang up from a call, you'd have Kool-Aid running down the side of your mouth, you know, because you were drinking the Kool-Aid and, you know, and there would be other guys that would hang up off the call and they had to, they had to sit around with their managers and, and explain how John doesn't know our market and, you know, we can't do it this way and it can't be done that way. And so, you know, when you start thinking about the, you know, the success stories, you know, they're, they're really, there really comes from, you know, literally um, most next star coaches, you know, are, are really in the business to help people. And, and we were, um, you know, we, we kind of, a lot of us all tell the same story or we, or we give the same coaching. We give it, of course, each business is different. So some businesses need coaching in different areas. But at the end of the day, um, it has to do with when the phone hangs up, what do you go do? You know, what's the action? Um, you know, I remember, you know, I, I remember one of the next star trainers saying one day, you know, there's only there's only going to be change and discomfort. So sometimes when you make some changes, they're not always going to be comfortable. Um, but in that discomfort is where the change actually happens at. And um so, I, so for me, Chad, to answer that question, I would say, I would say it's got to be the execution, um, and then you know somebody just not constantly questioning, you know, oh this wouldn't work in my market or that won't work in my market. Um, I'm not, you know, I coached 111 companies for Nexstar uh, all over the nation, uh, from you know from Boston to New York to Portland to, to you know any part of California, Arizona, Texas, you know, obviously in the Midwest, Florida. Um, and I've yet to find, I, I've yet to find anything that won't work in any particular market. You know, sometimes you got to tweak or adjust a little bit, but it's not normally a market problem. I can hear the John Conwayisms coming out. So <laughs> I, I know totally what, what you're talking about, Chad. So, um, tell me, I want to kind of segue here. You know, you, you said you coached a hundred, 111 contractors, um, over your time at Nexstar. What was it like during your early days with, um, 
Peterman and what's your perspective on their growth and change and transformation since you first met them? Oh, absolutely. That's a great question there, Paul. So, you know, first of all, the, one of the things that stood out was that the Petermans, and I mean mom and dad, Mr. Pete, had, uh, or Mr. Paul, had done a great job of, um, they had done a great job of raising two fine young men in Chad and Tyler. Um, that was apparent. Um, and, um, you know, that, that part just stood out that I had two young guys that were go-getters, that were hard workers, um, that everything didn't have to be their way. They were there to learn. Um, the second thing that stood out was, um, the th second thing that stood out was that Chad and Tyler were both sponges. Um, and so they were willing to, you know, they were willing to absorb the information, you know, and, um, you know, early on, we got early on, um, you know, Chad and Tyler got involved in our budgeting process, the, the business planning workshops at Nexstar. And early on, they got involved in, you know, setting goals. And then we talked about, hey, the things that, you know, um, it would take to accomplish these goals. Um, and then you kind of got out of their way, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, sometimes, Chad, you see members, they don't really mean to do this, but they want all the information, but they're not willing to go do the work, you know, and, and, you know, a next star coach on a call with you a couple of times a month and maybe in your shop once a year and, and, and maybe you see them at business planning workshop can, man, can really lead you uh, a long way, but they can't do the work for you. And um, you guys were great at getting at, at quite frankly, taking the prescription and then taking the medicine and going after it, you know, and, and, um, you know, Tyler has a very unique role in the business and running operations on the install side of the business. And, and Chad has a, a very unique position in, in, you know, running the entire business and the company and, and the sales guys. And, um, and at, at the end of the day, you know, you, you just had two great young guys there um, who, who were raised properly and who were willing to go to work and willing to get after it. And um, it, it quite frankly is a, a testament to the parents. Uh, what, a, what a tribute to your dad. Chad, did you want to add anything there as the, uh, uh, from your perspective over that period of time? SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the, uh, the kind words, um, John. Yeah. I mean, for us, you know, getting into it, uh, both of us came from really a, a non-trades background. Um, I had actually worked outside the, the company uh, for two years after college before I came in, which I think gave me some, um, a good perspective on just building your own ideas and, you know, feeling comfortable challenging something or, Hey, maybe we could do it like this. And, you know, for us, I, I just feel uh, the, the biggest thing that 
I've, I've always kind of prided myself on, I know my brother does as well, is, you know, we don't know everything and nor do we profess to, um, and that's okay. And it's okay to be, as, as John said earlier, it's okay to be uncomfortable um, in that you may be doing something you've never done, or you may be doing a process that is totally contrary to the way that you did it. But I think always the important thing to remember, um, once you have the trust in the organization that you're working with or the coach that you have that you're working with, is that they wouldn't be telling you to do something that's not going to work or that someone else isn't currently doing. So I always got off calls. And if someone said, well, oh, we can't, I don't know how we're going to do that. I go, if he told us to do it, someone is doing it in this country. If I need to find them, I will but someone's doing it. So let's put our heads together. And yeah, as he said, we may have to tweak it a little bit. Hey, we're in the Midwest. Maybe this person was in Phoenix. It's a little bit different, whatever it may be. Um, you just figure out a way to make it work. Um, and, uh, you know, all of these ideas are, are more than likely um, going to aid in, or you're going to learn something from, and you can continue to move forward. I say it all the time that innovation is not really required at this stage of, of for, for any company, right? The innovation will come and then you can apply and execute later. It's execution that's missing. So um, fascinating. Um, I want to, I want to talk more about the relationship between player and coach, but I want to kind of segue a little bit. Um, what was it like, John, to move from owner operator, running a big company, highly successful to transitioning to a full-time coach? What was that process like for you? What was the rationale that went in behind it? And um, just tell me about that experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one last thing on what Chad was mentioning also is, is um, Chad's team and, and Chad and Tyler and the team also, those guys were, um, uh, they knew what the outcome was where they were trying to get to. So I had some members that I coach, it didn't quite frankly matter what I told them to do, they would just do it exactly how I told them. And Chad and them were pretty close at that, except, except Chad would always um, make sure that it worked for his business and he would put whatever refinements he needed on it for his business, which was great, you know, because um, I'm not there every day. He's there every day. And but at the end of the day, he knew where we had to get to on whatever the topic was. If we were if we were discussing, you know, where we had to get to on call count or how our call center outbound called, you know, those different type things. He would, he would you know, those guys were always good at being able to to mold it to their business. And and then sometimes I used to make this statement, you know, I, I, and the business is a pretty simple business. It's kind of what you were alluding to a while ago, Paul. It's not a complicated business. That's kind of why they let me in it. You know, if it's complicated, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be able to do it. But uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty simple business. And you got to focus on the simple stuff, you know, and you got to you, you got to focus on the call count. You got to focus on your conversion rate, your average sale. I mean, that's it. Those are the three drivers of the business. You know, if you if you if, if you're not hitting your goals, it's one of those three reasons. And um, but a lot of people will get off in the weeds and start looking at other stuff and, you know, getting chasing shiny stuff and then they don't pay attention to the important stuff. And so, you know, Chad and, and Tyler have been really good at paying attention to the important stuff. And um you know, keeping focused on that. But uh, hey, to answer your question on, uh, thank you for letting me run a little bit on that. Um, yeah, absolutely. To answer your question on on the segue, I um, uh, after selling the Conway business in 2010, um, I continued to work for the guys that I sold to for four and a half years. Um, As a partner and, or just an employee? Just a, I was a, just a GM of the business. I ran Got the it. business yeah. and and. Um, 
And so I continue to work for those guys through the end of 2014. And, and over the years, you know, Jack Tester knew my story. Jack was the president of Next Star at the time, and he, he knew my story. He knew how much I loved Next Star. I still love Next Star. I'm, I'm, I'm back as a member of Next Star now. And, um, but, but Jack, um, he, he told me one day, he said, you'll know, he said, you'll know when, and, uh, whenever when is you just dial, call my cell number and we'll, uh, we'll have an opportunity waiting on you at next star. And, um, so it was December of 2014, um, was when, uh, when kind of hit at that point. And, um, I just said, Hey, you know what, it's the business, the Conway business is now, you know, over 20 million a year in revenues and, the team is doing really good and it's really just a good time for me to you know go do something different and I kind of always knew what the something different was I didn't really know when it was and so at the end of 2014 December of 2014 I called Jack uh, the week between Christmas and New Year I remember it was like a Tuesday and and uh, I called Jack and uh, and uh, he said I said all right I'm ready you know, and he goes, all right, when you want to start? And I said, oh, no, you're not getting off that easy. <laughs> I said, uh, I said, you, I want you to put me through the same interviews and the same process you'd put any other, any other business coach through. And he said, mm-hmm. he said, fair enough. He said, he said, uh, can you come to Minneapolis on Friday? I said, this Friday? <laughs> he said, yep, this Friday. I said, yep. So I came up that Friday uh, before New Year's, um, went through all the interviewing process, and at the end of the day, uh, met with Jack again, and he said, "All right, when you want to start." <laughs> and um, so, um, but to you know, that was kind of the trend, the process, and then the trend, you know, as as far as the transition goes, um, because of my experience in the Conway business, um, I had uh, a passion for profits. Um, I still have a passion for profits. I don't have as much a passion for revenue um, as I do for profits. And um, Chad's got a couple of knots on his head from that. And um, so we've uh, we've um, talked about uh, chasing, you know, sometimes we get to chasing that top line and, um, and it's just a lot more work for a lot less money. And um, so I, I keep a... Um, you know, I, my focus is on the bottom line. Obviously, you got to get the top line, but you know, to get the top line at the wrong price just means you do a lot of work and make less money. Um, so I'd rather do less work and make more money. And uh, so that's. Um, but that was kind of my transition, um, and then spent six years at NextStar as a business coach. It's a very gratifying time. NextStar is a great place. Um, you know, they they have. You know, only on, only one goal at NextStar has been left from Frank Blau, the founder, and that's just improving the industry of, of their 700 plus members today. And um, so I certainly enjoyed there as an employee and I'm certainly enjoying it now uh, as a, a member as well. Got it. No, thank you so much for sharing that. I, w- I want to go a little bit deeper on your transition from, you know, a company with your name on the side of it where you're the GM and leaving that company. Was that a painful process? What was it like for the employees when you left? Do you recall what that period of time was like? Yeah, absolutely. It, it can be a difficult time. Uh, one of the things that I had to remind myself of is that the, the difficulty of the time was going to happen whenever I left. So if I left at the end of 2014, it was going to be um, somewhat difficult for some of the employees. And if I left at the end of 2019, it was still going to be somewhat difficult. So mm-hmm. the fact that the timing just had to be, when was it right for me and my family? And, and also when was it right for the business? Um, I, I was really only obligated to be there for three years. 
And um, at the time, at the end of three years, the timing just wasn't right for the business. And so I just continued to do what I was doing, you know. And um, But one of the things, Paul, that you found in that time when, when I left was you found that there were uh, some employees there that worked for Conway Services. And there were some employees there that worked for John Conway. Mm-hmm. And there was a big difference. And, right. and, and quite frankly, some of the employees that worked for John Conway did struggle um, when, when that void was, was not in the business anymore, when there was kind of a void left in the business. And when I say struggle, what I mean by that is they just, they just were kind of, um, I would say, maybe lost their center of gravity um, mm-hmm. a little bit. And um, uh, most of those employees work for Nexstar now, by the way. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, but anyways, um, the business has done really well. Um, and um, the, the GM in the business today is, is my former controller. And, um, and, you know, I'm proud to still have my picture on the side of the trucks and my name on the business and the business has done really well. And, the, and the, a lot of my key managers are still there. There's just a handful that really struggled when John left. But, uh, you know, I've been not, not in the business for almost seven years now. And so uh, from a day-to-day standpoint, and the, the, but the employees that, that, um, that are there, they still, um, uh, the service manager, the, the controller, the GM, they still all um, know the Conway values and they still, um, teach and train and implement and run those, the values of, you know, my values, which are their values on a daily basis. Got it. Chad, I want to toss this one over to you to either move forward with a new question or jump in on, on, um, some of the things that John shared, um, about his experience during that transition or coaching. Yeah, I, I'd say, uh, you know, I, I think this may make a good time for for kind of a transition into into John's current role uh, at Redwood. Um, and the reason I say that is because you, you said that, uh, John, you mentioned, you know, your your love for profits. And, and you also mentioned that I took a few knots on the head, uh, which is completely and utterly accurate. Uh, would, love, would love supporting yeah. details around some of those. Yeah, those yeah, I'm sure I'd rather not rehash them. Uh, you know, we've, we've learned it and moved on um, from that. But, uh, um, you know, I, I think that uh, your love for profits really points to your attention to detail um, and and your really love for the process and the operation and how it's supposed to move from point A to point B in, in the most efficient manner possible. Um, as I said at the beginning, you're, you're now the COO of uh, Redwood Services. Um, tell us a little bit about Redwood. Tell us about what your role is and, and then um, you know, maybe a little bit about the companies that you're working with and, and what, that, what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, at, at Redwood Services, um, you know, I kind of always thought I'd retire at Nexstar. And then, um, uh, you know, coming up on about a year ago now, I, I uh, had the opportunity to have lunch with Richard Lewis, our CEO at, at um, uh, Redwood Services. And, and the lunch was really just kind of a meet and greet type lunch. And um, I, I still like to tell people, Chad, I'm a young 50. And um, and so somewhere, somewhere, Paul, lurking in the back of my mind was this, uh, this thought process that I may have another run left in me. And, um, and as much as I love Nexstar, enjoyed my time at Nexstar, um, uh, Richard and I had lunch and then was able to have some further conversations, um, uh, you know, about joining Redwood as their COO. And, and um, they've got, um, you know, you know, really good uh, backing, good capital, um, great, um, uh, great finance team, um, good home services background. 
uh, and just and just really breaking into the HVAC plumbing and electrical industry really kind of needed that day to day operator. Um, and so that's been uh, um, that was an opportunity that came my way in, in the fall of last year and then um, given Nexstar, gave Nexstar a really nice four month notice and able to transition the Nexstar members really smoothly. And then at the beginning of the year, I joined uh, Redwood as their COO and um, they're a Memphis based company. And, um, you know, we're, we're, I'll just call ourselves kind of a small scrappy group um, that um, it, is running with a uh, people first focus. And, um, and our, you know, um, one of the, uh, one of our first partner companies that, that, um, joined with us was um, right way um, out of Tucson, Arizona. It's yeah. Just, rhino uh, client. Yeah, absolutely. They're a rhino client. And um, so um, Rick Walter um, and I have very similar relationship to myself and Chad and, and they just have a phenomenal team there and a great business. And we've just been excited to be their partner. And, um, and then most recently um, just partnered with um uh, John C. Flood in Alexander, Virginia, and then John and then uh, Jim Seltzer um, is our partner there, and um, and we're just excited about that as well. And and uh, they've got a, a great business and a great team there. Got it. I, I have a lot of further questions around what you're doing now, but I want to go back to to something you mentioned. You know, when you started with Redwood, did you envision that the landscape for uh, mergers and acquisitions and partnering and all these sort of things would look like it looks right now. Did you have those optics at the time or is it, is the reality of the market different than what you anticipated? You know, the market's been pretty hot for probably the last year to 18 months. And, um, so we kind of expected it to be hot, you know, um, the, um, uh, you know, we're basically in our partnerships, really looking for the right people. Where you know, I know, um, you know, my job, of course, is identifying our future partner companies, and um, and we're um, really tied more all to the right people than we are the right market. So you know, we don't, you know, we never did a market analysis on Tucson. You know, we never said how many households are there, and you know, how often the water heaters get changed out, you know, we just knew that Rick Walter is salt of the earth and he's, you know, a fine gentleman and Chris Sun and Mike and, you know, the entire management team there, you know, is we just, is, is, um, we knew were people that we wanted to be on our team and we wanted to partner with. Got it. So, um, what are the characteristics of a great partner and what does a partnership look like with Redwood? Yeah, so the so the you know the characteristics of a, of a great partner are you know for us is is really people who are looking for a partner who are looking to run you know when I say run they're looking for a you know they're looking for some gas in the engine they're looking to grow their business they're looking to work side by side you know with you know with myself and and you know others on our team to help improve their business to help improve the lives of their employees you know to offer you know um, you know some of the top benefits in the industry to their employees, you know, and, and basically, um, you know, again, we're, we're very, a very people focused business. And so, you know, you know, I've um, found myself recently over the last couple of months uh, finding out that, you know, a lot of people say they're people focused, you know, so you could probably get, you could probably get four John Conway's on the call and that are COOs of, of, um, of PE groups or private money groups or whatever, and they'd all say they're people focused. But people focus is actually not something you say; it's actually something that you do. Mm-hmm. And 
And so when I started thinking about that, one of the things that came to mind, you know, that, that I know that we're doing different in the Redwood side of the business is, is quite frankly, we just care. We just care about people. And, and sometimes in the PE world, you're not going to be able to, you're, you're not going to be able to put um, people in front of profits. And our, this comes from a directive from, from our CEO, Richard Lewis, that we are going to put people in front of profits. Um, and uh, we're going to run a people-based business. We're not going to run an Excel spreadsheet number-based business. Um, and so again, I, I would say that you know, um, you know, kind of being a people-centered business is an action. It's not a statement. It's not something that you talk about. It's something that you got to live by. It's something that you got to do, you know, work with. And um, so that's, that's been kind of the, the neat thing. And, and um, so our, our um, partnerships at, at uh, Redwood, we just, we like to come alongside and partner with businesses at different levels. And it just depends on whatever level the, the partner is comfortable with. And, and we can, you know, we work through that in some of our, you know, some of our process, but at the end of the day, it's just about partnering with, um, with the right people more than the right markets. Got it. Chad, you want to jump in with anything related to building a people-centric culture or how that philosophy has informed or influenced your business? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the one thing I, I wrote down a couple of things there as, as John was talking and, uh, you know, the two things that uh, stand out most are, you know, culture is active. Um, if you think, uh, you know, putting ping pong tables and, and napping pods in your shop is going to create culture, you're dead wrong. Um, those will help and there's nothing wrong with those. Um, but it really comes down to caring about your people. Um, Nexstar has a philosophy that if you, and what they tell all their technicians and service systems is you provide great customer service and the revenue will follow. And I think John said just as much of, you know, it's, it's when we put the profits or the revenue in front of our people, because uh, customer service is internal as much as probably more than it is external, um, how we treat our people internally. When we put it in front, that's when the equation gets mixed up. Um, and as long as you keep the customer service in front of revenue and profits, um, guess what's going to happen? The revenue and the profit will be there. You don't have to do anything special in this business. It's very simple, as John said. Uh, and that's what I tell all of our top tech students uh, that come in fresh out of the industry, never been in it. I say, if this business ever gets complicated, you'll know you're doing it wrong. It should be very, very simple. Go out and take care of somebody. The rest will follow. Right, so I, I want to ask a, another further, I guess, clarifying question there. So at, at Rhino, we talk about, you know, being a great place for employees and a great place for customers and not one at the expense of the other. And that sounds great on paper, but from day to day, it requires that there's a lot of like forks in the road that we have to come to, to be able to, you know, uphold that. And it's not always easy. So could either of you describe how to, if I'm listening to this as a, as an owner of a small business, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, whatever it might be you know, how do I put that in action where I put my people over profit and it plays, you know, well for the long game profit of the company, right? Yeah, so I'll take it at first, Chad, and then you might want to bounce off of it too. Um, yeah. One of the things to keep in mind is this is a process-driven business. And so you got to start looking at the process side of the business. And I'll give you an example. You might, 
you might um, have a service goal for your technicians, Paul, and your service goal may be that they go out and do 1250 bucks a day. I'm just using that as a you know round number. And the, and, the, and the technician has ran two calls and they were maintenance calls and maybe collected a hundred bucks or 200 bucks or something. And he's, he's now at the third call, but he's, you know, he's got to do a thousand dollars today. So now he's pulled up in front of the house and all he's thinking about is I got to hit a thousand dollars a day. So my boss don't get on to me tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Very, very, very bad place for your technician to be. Yeah. By the way, it's a worse place for your customer to be. Oh, totally. Yeah. And so um, what you want your technician to do is you want him to pull up in front of the first driveway, second driveway and third driveway. And you want him to focus on his process. You want him to focus on the training that he's been given to execute on great customer service. And um, and and when he get, it, it kind of goes along the lines of what Chad was saying. When he gets to the end of the day, what he's going to what you're going to find happen uh, is the, the revenue is going to be there. Now, it may not be there every day. Um, our, our technicians aren't perfect. They won't hit their numbers every day. Um, but the best chance for them to win consistently on a daily basis is just by following the process. Um, for the Nexstar members that are, that are uh, listening, they'll know that that's a Nexstar service system process. And, you know, if they'll just follow the process, the, the money will show up. Um, I, I like to quote Nick Saban from time to time. And Nick Saban will say, do your job at the highest level and the wins will follow. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's the same thing for our technicians at, at, uh, you know, uh, at the service companies today, Hey, do your job at the highest level, deliver great customer service and the revenue will be there. Got it. Chad, you want to jump in on that? Yeah, I think he makes a great point in, you know, really taking the focus off of, you know, average ticket and conversion rate and, you know, a daily goal is extremely important. Um, but where I see a service manager or perhaps someone that I'm working with get out of whack is when that is their sole focus is, well, they told me I had to have this conversion rate and this average ticket and this, that, and the other. And it's like, yes, absolutely. Those are where you want to shoot for. Those are good metrics. But are you coaching the process? Uh, the prime example of uh, that I give is, you know, a lot of people I hear say, well, these incentives, they aren't working, you know, well, they get bonuses, they get more money for this and that and the other. And I always say in our business, I go, if you gave that guy, if you told him today before it started, I'll give you $10,000 if you can hit the 1250 that John was talking about, do you think he could do it? And usually I get a couple blank stares. Well, I mean, I, I guess he would try. Yeah, he may try, but could he do it? And oftentimes it's like, well, probably not, you know, and I go, well, why can't he do it? And the reason usually boils down to he's not following the process. He's not focused on providing great customer service. And when you can focus on the process, the process is customer service. You know, some people are like, I feel so robotic. It's like, well, it won't after you do it enough times. And then it will become a consistent experience for the customer, which equates to better customer service for the customer. Um, and that is really what we try to focus on is, are we following the process? It's not, hey, why didn't you hit that number? It's, hey, did you run through the agenda card? Yes. Okay, well, what open-ended questions did you ask the customer? Did you identify any needs or wants from them? 
Well, no, I didn't really do that. Okay, well, that is probably the, why you got the result that you got. So let's, on the next call, let's not focus on the ticket. Let's focus on doing the right things right. And then that ticket will be there because the customer will trust you. They will have identified all their needs to you and everything will flow. And so it, it really just focus on the right things. Um, some people get so caught up in that, you know, just the monotony and you're not going to do anything. If a guy doesn't know how to get there, he's not going to get there. Um, you got to teach him the process of how to, how to do there, get there. Chad, did that come natural to you or was that the role of having a coach being able to hold your, you know, technicians or team accountable without being a spreadsheet driven organization, like those communication skills, was that natural to you or, or, you know, did that come through years of development? Yeah. So I, I think it comes a little bit natural to me and probably by default, because I can't, I, I, I was terrible at sales when I tried it, mm -hmm. uh, it early on in the business. And so I was like, well, shoot, I got to figure out something. I can't tell these guys how to do this. Right. And, uh, um, so what I found is I'm very process driven. Uh, I can follow a process. And so, um, where John helped tremendously was giving us really those, those, metrics, those, Hey, mm -hmm. this is what we need to be shooting for. Hey, here's how to do it. And then really holding our managers accountable to, Hey, you didn't hit your number. We'll just use Steve's name. Cause he gets picked on a lot. We'll use Steve, Steve, your guys didn't hit your numbers. Are you doing this? Are you doing this? Well, are you following the batting order? Ooh, maybe not. Okay. Let's, let's go back. Let's rehash that. And a lot of it is just a fresh set of eyes looking at the business because you get so wrapped up in the day to day that it's like, I don't even know I'm chasing my tail. It's already middle of next week. And we already, we didn't do so well last week and we're kind of doing the same thing. Um, and so where we found value in the, um, in John and, and, and where I think a lot of people would find value in kind of an outside resource looking at your stuff um, is just a fresh perspective of like, hey, that number's off. And then we are very, we were very good at this. And I made a rule probably in about year three with John, I said, here's the deal, we can't have excuses. So if you know that he's going to come and he's going to say that that isn't good, tell him what you're going to do to make it better. At least have some ideas. Just there's no excuses as to why it is. It's not the weather. It's not, I don't have enough technicians. It's not any of that. It's what can you do to make it better? Um, and really instilling that philosophy um, kind of came over work of, you know, how are we going to get there? Well, let's focus on the things we can control and we'll get to where we want to be. Got it. You, you know, one of the things that I'm realizing I'm missing without Chris being on here is Chris always does a really good job of making sure we don't go too far over time. And with where I am in my head right now with the things I want to ask you guys, this is going to be on audible. It's not going to be a podcast. This is going to be a book. Okay. Um, so I'm going to do my best to try to wrap it up. Um, and I'm also realizing there, there's always going to be a part two with all Paul. Cause I have more questions. Um, I, I wanted to go so much deeper on your two relationships as player and coach, but I know with time we're going to kind of have to segue. So um, John, you've had uh, a really interesting career. I mean, if you look back on it, I mean, I will call it remarkable. Um, what do you want your legacy to be and what's next? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So, um, you know, when I think about that a little bit, uh, I think uh, my legacy will kind of um, start off with, you know, um, a guy who made a lot of mistakes. Um, and so I, I used to tell Chad, hey, I won't be able to tell you everything to do, but I do got a long list of things not to do. And uh, <laughs> and um, so, you know, the uh, the um, 
when I, when I think about the legacy, I think, uh, first of all, from a business standpoint, I hope that my, my, um, my legacy is a guy who cares, you know, and, and, um, who will put people, you know, first. And, um, and that was really what, you know, appealed to me on this, on this, uh, Redwood approach, you know, and, and I think, um, you know, that's, I know Jim Hamilton did that for me, you know, and, and, uh, you know, Jim taught me a long time ago, Hey, you can't care more than the people care, you know, so I couldn't care more than Chad cares. Chad had to care more than I cared in order for it to work. And, and obviously he did, you know, and, and so I would hope that my legacy and the, you know, the business side of things would, uh, would be that I cared, you know, and, um, and was able to kind of bring that, you know, cause, you know, I show up at, you know, I show up at right way at six 30 in the morning and I got two, I got 50 chicken biscuits and I'm back in the parking lot with the installers. And, um, the, the first time I did that, they, the guys thought I worked for Chick-fil-A by the way. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, and it kind of has, a, it kind of comes from when I got in the business, my dad thought it'd be a good idea that I was an HVAC installer. And, um, and so I have a, a compassion and a passion for the installers. You know, I, I commonly will say they're the hardest working, most underappreciated group in the business. And so you have to do some things to show appreciation to them. And sometimes just a guy like myself showing up in the back parking lot, walking around, handing them chicken biscuits and hanging out with them means a lot to them, you know, and so you know, I hope my legacy one day will be, you know, from a business standpoint um, that I care. And, uh, and Paul, I'm a, I'm a Christian by faith. And, and personally, uh, personally, I hope that my legacy will be that I was a follower of Jesus Christ. And then the most important thing is I'm now Papa John and I have two grandkids um, and one calls me Pop Pop. And uh, that's uh, probably the best uh, um, legacy that I could have. Got it. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm smiling about the biscuits because, you know, it reminds me of things that I tell my sales team here at Rhino. And that is like back to the basics. Like it doesn't require some new way to engage with people and appreciate them. And then I was smiling because then I thought that kind of sounds like back to the biscuits instead of back to the basics. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> so when I moved, business. when I moved to the South, so I live, I've lived all over, but I moved to the Carolinas a couple, I don't know, I guess six years ago. And people would talk about bringing biscuits and I'm using air quotes, biscuits. I'm like, what do you mean a chicken biscuit? There's a biscuit made out of chicken. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. And then I went to learn everywhere else in the country, that's called a breakfast sandwich, but here in the <laughs> South, that's called getting biscuits. Um, uh, yeah. So thank you for sharing that. And Chad, um, Chad, I, I know it, it's an HR, you know, violation to ask someone or, or mention how old someone is, but I mean, you're in your early thirties, I'm guessing here, right? Yep. And, 34. um, 34. Great. So what's next for you? Like I, I, you've got so much runway ahead of you. You've got a high performing company. You've just done a rebrand. You don't have to share anything too confidential, but what's on the horizon for you, my man? Yeah. So uh, a lot of, a lot of exciting stuff. Uh, most importantly, as John uh, concluded with uh, I've got a, another little one on the way that'll be here nice. in the middle of August. Uh, so, and I've already got uh, three or, or she'll be three in August as well, uh, running around the house. So uh, that's a lot of fun. And then my brother, uh, he and his wife are actually expecting uh, a boy um, at the beginning of November. So we are going to have uh, two, uh, I guess, young apprentices, uh, running around, there'll be about three months apart. So that'll be a lot of fun, uh, here coming up in the, uh, in the, uh, in the months ahead. Uh, but really for us, it's just continuing to get better. Um, you know, I, I always tell our people, it's, it's not about getting bigger. It's about getting better. Uh, the bigger will take care of itself. 
And, um, you know, we've got a lot of, a lot of things that we're continuing to, to really scratch the surface on uh, as far as really digging into the training aspect uh, of our business. We recently uh, moved some people around, uh, started up a training. We have our own school, the Peterman Top Tech Academy, which is good. Um, and then also on another wing, uh, we have training for our internal employees. So we are uh, we have a training director and then trainers under them that are constantly running classes. We've really beefed up our onboarding process. Um, really for us, I think that's where it's at. I think for a long time, you know, we address the bringing people into the industry with the school, uh, but now it's addressing the people that we have on our team. And are we really providing the training that they need to be successful? Um, and I think a lot of us in the contractor world, um, you know, being emergency service means we run wherever. So you, mm -hmm. it, it's hot, we're running. It's raining, we're running. Uh, people need us, we're running. And it's very easy to forget that um, people still need that training. Um, and people still need that development and continuing to work with them to make them a better version of themselves, because that's why they joined your organization. You know, uh, most would say, well, they joined it for a paycheck. Well, no, at the end of the day, you better hope they joined it to get better. Um, and that includes being a better husband, father, mother, sister, uh, whatever it may be, um, we're all looking to get better. So um, that for us is really uh, the fun part. You know, the rebrand has been fun. We've had a lot of fun uh, around the office. Uh, we've gotten finally back to uh, meetings, uh, which are my favorite part. We've got some events coming up. Um, we recently uh, uh, just won two weeks ago, won uh, Bryant Dealer of the Year. Uh, right. So I forgot to congratulate you. Thank yeah, you. Thanks. Thank you for reminding uh, me. Congrat That's a yeah. big deal. Yeah. Thank you. There's I probably what, I don't know, 5,000 Bryant Dealers in the country. Yeah, there's there's Something quite like a quite a few kind yeah. of more heavily concentrated in some parts of the country than others, but um, but yeah, so we just won that, and and that's been something to for our team to celebrate. Uh, we've got a big event planned here in about a month. Uh, you know, just getting back to those fun things that make, uh, you know, as John stated, culture being an active part. Well, a lot of that activity is just getting to know your people uh, and being able to hang out. And if there's anything that I've hated about COVID, it's that you can't hang out uh, and you can't be with your people. Um, and we tried some Zoom stuff and it was all right, I guess. I but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it, a lot of fun, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of good things to come for sure. Got it. Well, thank you so much for sharing and also share, you know, coming on to the podcast and co-hosting with me today. You crushed it. Um, for those listening, Chad has a podcast. It's called Can't Stop the Growth. So CSTG, I think is how you abbreviate it. Um, so check out his podcast. Um, as I've mentioned several times, we don't take sponsors for this podcast. It performs really, really well. People listen to it. And the only thing we do to keep this thing going is, you know, we, we love the reviews. We love the feedback we're getting. Um, now, I did, said we don't take sponsors, but this episode was brought to you by Peterman Brothers. I owe you that. <laughs> I owe you that for, for forgetting to mention ever. that you were um, the Bryant Dealer of the Year, which is a really big deal. So congratulations to you and your team. Um, that's not an easy, I've, I've been in those meetings with different manufacturers as they evaluate criteria. And I'll tell you what, man, it is a rigorous process, um, to be recognized as the number one dealer for a major brand. So, um, congratulations to your team. When you guys have a celebration, if I'm up in Indiana, invite me, I'll, um, I'll bring some cake. So I do spend yeah. some time in Indiana. 
Um, so I'm going to wrap this up like Chris likes to by sharing a review. Um, first of all, if you're listening to this and you've never left a review for To The Point Home Services podcast, please do go to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, um, scroll all the way down to the bottom, leave us a review. This is the fuel we use to do this. Um, so this review came in and says the real deal, five stars, of course, or we would never share it on this podcast. Um, Chris and team have it going on. Excellent podcast with solid guests sharing the real deal, fist bump, real time applicable ideas that can make a powerful impact with your team, business, life, emoji, muscle arm. And this is from, I think our listeners will know uh, this name, Ulaika. So I'm guessing that's our friend, um, Lou Hobaika out on the West Coast. Lou, um, only problem with this um this review is you didn't specifically mention my name. So as you leave reviews, mention tall Paul, it's good job security um, for me. So listeners, I hope you enjoyed this. Please uh, like the kids say on YouTube, like it, subscribe and listen to it. And as always, thank you for your time. Gentlemen, thank you for your time. John, any final words you want to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, absolutely. One one last thing I would say is just very proud of Chad and Tyler and the team at Peterman um, on their Brian Award, but also just just really proud of how it's developing, um, you know, with a very people-focused culture. Um, so it's something to be proud of. They're winning, and they're winning the right way. Um, lastly, I would say also if, if you find yourself looking for a um, you know, if you find yourself looking for a succession plan uh, or looking for a partner, uh, you can reach me at john at redwoodservices.com. That's uh, john at redwoodservices.com. And um, we'd love to have a conversation with you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And see, this is why I'm missing Chris. Chris would have teed you up to share your contact information. So john at redwoodservices.com. And the main message I heard, you know, when we were talking early in the podcast, um, you know, you talked about um, just wanting to give to the industry to elevate the industry. So I'll close with this. If you are listening to this and you are in the stage of your career and you're a Chad, you need to find a John. And if you're listening to this and you're at the stage of your career where you're a John, you need to find a Chad. And that is how you change and elevate the industry. So um, to the point listeners, you heard it here, people over profits, but you have to have a process. Thank you for listening to To The Point. Until next time. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and hit write a review. And be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.